0: For next
1: <laughs> professional comedian austin silver you <laughs> said you wanted to talk about it
0: i do want to talk i don't know i just want to talk about like i mean it's not like anything this just happened and like In November, I quit. I quit my job. I can't handle it. I had some stuff coming up. Uh, I went to go see my girlfriend in France, France, France. (laughs) I went to go see my girlfriend in France. And then we planned a tour in in January and we made like a little bit of money and I wrecked my car, but uh, it was good. I don't know. We were out for like, like a whole month. And you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. So I don't know.
1: I didn't know that you were making money full time doing stand up. That's amazing.
0: Right now, as of right now, I'm making money full time doing stand up. And also, I did an interstate battery commercial, which helped me a lot.
1: Interstate battery.
0: Interstate batteries, yeah. Do it. Uh, it's funny because it's like, <laughs> it was, it's literally just like me singing along to a song in my car. And then it pans out to the car and I'm dragging like a full gas pump behind me. And it's like, you can't rely on Colin, but you can rely on interstate batteries.
1: That's kind of an achievement of sorts, getting a commercial. I've been thinking about that.
0: You should do it. And it's an easy market to get an agent, at least. All the rest is up to you. But it's very easy to get an agent here. It's just harder to get an agent in LA. And the cool part about the thing here is that like agents do both commercial and theatrical TV shows and whatever, there it's way harder to get a theatrical agent because there's so much competition and they don't have to pick you.
1: Theatrical?
0: Theatrical movies and TV shows, theatrical.
1: So you can be in a commercial for a movie or a TV show that you're not in?
0: No, like
1: commercial. get into a TV show.
0: Advertising is different from movies and
1: TV shows. Yeah, and there's more of it here. That's more easily accessible. It's more accessible here. I mean, yeah, obviously, less of a barrier to entry. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I would totally do some kind of movie or TV show commercial. Yeah. I mean, this comic Jason Rouse. Do you know who he is? I don't. He's quite the quite the individual. Uh, really. I mean, one of the I, maybe the most vulgar offensive comedians working today. Okay. Yeah. I've talked to him a few times off stage and uh was was surprised by how much I like him <laughs> based on <laughs> based on just I I actually honestly I I'm going to be honest I judged him before I saw any of his material. Cause someone told me some shit he did. I don't remember getting fully naked and diving into, I don't know. And I was like, that sounds like, Oh, you, know. you were
0: talking about him on that podcast that I listened to. Did he crawl across the audience? Something. With, yeah. In Sweden.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, so I've mentioned him before. <laughs> yeah.
0: In like episode number the, three or one, something
1: in the one uh, episode that you've listened yeah. to of this podcast. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's very experienced. He's done comedy like all around the world, Mm -hmm. probably has hit more countries doing comedy than any comedian I personally know. Mm -hmm. And he told me that you would be good for commercials. He said that to me. He was like, you have a face that, you know, just do it. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, do a commercial for 30 seconds and make a hundred thousand dollars or whatever fifty thousand i don't remember the number he threw out, but it was obscenely large by my standards, and he was like and then do comedy and don't you know don't have a job and I was like, well, fuck like i've always viewed myself as this non anti advertising artistic whatever type and but i'm I really want to do this and i'm increasingly seeing just how fucking impossible it is with a real full-time job oh yeah no it's impossible
0: it's impossible there's so much um effort that you have to put toward i mean the the people who do it well the people it's not about being good it's just about putting in a bunch of work like that's correct those people are gonna yeah Those people are going to beat skilled people each time.
1: It's time, effort, building. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't have the time for that. Yes. And that's what the job takes away.
0: It does. You know? And it takes away your willpower. Just like you get off shift and you're like, dude, fuck this. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. It it weakens you
1: also. If you want to do it, nothing will stop you. Correct. However, you know, if I'm trying to work on my material that means open mics so outside of the 40 an hour 40 hour a week job 30 hour 40 hour whatever now i'm hitting open mics got to hit really 3 minimum a week but really way more if you really want to be uh honing that material and shows if you if you're getting on those uh if you're getting on those but uh you know but that stuff doesn't even get you what you're talking about because even a paid show here, there, it's not a sustained, no, you know, thing that comes from touring yeah. and you yeah, know, setting it up yourself and that do, good luck doing that and doing open mics when you're here and having a job.
0: We set up the tour. It was, uh, it was 30 days. It was 25 shows.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's good.
0: And half of them were me and half of them were my roommates setting them up. It probably took us about a month and a half to like get everything together. You contact people and you wait and you have to work out the details and they have to work out the routing and you have to work all that stuff. And we're working on like three or four hours a day. I quit my job. Otherwise, we couldn't have done it.
1: Did you break even or make money? You made money? I probably made wrecked like... wrecked the
0: car. I wrecked the car. So that was minus. <laughs> we we finished the tour in a rental car.
1: Yeah. So I spent
0: $900 on the rental car. Before that, we probably made $2,500 each.
1: That's a great start.
0: We had a lot of days, not a lot, but like we probably had seven or eight shows that we didn't produce. So we're just getting like, you know, spot pay like 20 bucks, 10
1: bucks. Yeah, still.
0: Some of them were free.
1: Dinner. <laughs>
0: right. Dinner, but like it's not taking care of our hotel. So like not not bad, but just like overall that that is costing us money
1: mm-hmm. to
0: just go do somebody else's show.
1: Yeah. And
0: I'm not saying that you shouldn't do someone else's show, but like. We made all our money within two weeks, right? So we could have been off the road Yeah, those other two weeks.
1: I am saying that you shouldn't do other people's shows. I mean, Fuck them. <laughs> don't grace them with your presence. They don't deserve it.
0: I think my ideal, if, if I could pick whatever, if I could construct my own tour and get whatever dates I wanted, what I would do is I would have in a city, I would do one self-produced show, Mm -hmm. keep all the ticket money that's that's how we're doing with most of them is like this is this is the pitch for anyone who's curious you go to a venue and you're like can we put a show on how much do you want i tell you what we don't want any money we just want to keep the ticket sales you don't have to pay us a fee you get to keep all your drinks you get to keep all this stuff you just give us a spot we'll handle all this stuff we're going to do our own ticketing we're going to do our own whatever you let us keep the door Everybody splits it. If something goes wrong, you guys aren't out the money or whatever, and that's how we did it.:
1: Just the three of you?: Two. Two. So how much time were you doing?:
0: We co-headlined. We did two 40 to 45 minute sets. Wow. But also, like, I do have to point out that it's hard to be the second 45-minute person.:
1: Oh shoot. yeah.
0: Because like the audience that makes
1: Perfect sense. Oh, they're tired.
0: 45 minutes is a long time to see one person. Yeah. Um no host or anything. Like we just hosted ourselves. We had a couple of a couple of locations we we got like a host to come in, but like most of the time it was just us. And an hour and a half seems not that long, but also to see someone do it's like I said, we co-headline. So you're watching two headlining sets and you're like, this is probably enough. I so- mean,
1: I'm a comic. I struggle to sit through a 10, oh. 15 minute set, but even an audience, the average audience member, yeah, 45 minutes, man. That's a, that's a show.
0: And, yeah. It's a show know, by itself. You're stacking
1: a show on a show, basically. Would you consider doing like, I don't know, say it's the two of you again, because the good thing about that is that you get all of the profit from those yes. tickets. And then, cause, you know, um, it would be cool to have like five comics. Uh, And then everyone does less time and then the audience gets less tired. But then you're not making the the money back like that. So did you consider doing something where it's like you guys switch off kind of hosting for each other show to show? Like one night you do 10 opening for her. She does that 45. And then the next night you get the 45, she gets the 10.
0: I mean, I guess the... The reason we didn't do that is just because, well, first of all, both of us are, I mean, I set up this whole dang thing and I have to do 10 minutes tonight. I'm trying to do more. I think probably like hungry. The two ideal situations are you set it up all yourself and you take a feature. The feature does feature. And then you get to do your 45 uninterrupted co headlining Probably realistically, the best thing would be to do like two 30-minute sets and grab like a local host.
1: Yeah, so you're that in good.
0: For like an hour 10, an hour 15. Yeah. But every venue we pitched, we just told them that the show was going to be like an hour 30, an hour 45. So we felt obligated to fill that time. Mm-hmm. But I do think that doing it again, and we're planning on going out in May, doing it again, we do need to like look at it just a little bit to see if we can make it just a tiny little bit shorter because I definitely like people would leave sometimes.
1: Where are you touring?
0: We toured last time we went. So we're LA based. So last time we went as far East as El Paso, but we hit
1: that's far.
0: It was far. Um, We did, we did shows. We had a self-produced show in, in uh, Henderson, which is a suburb of Las Vegas. Self-produced show in Henderson, we did a Don't Tell in Las Vegas. Uh, and then there was a couple of other rooms that we did in Las Vegas. And then we did um, a, we did two comedy clubs in the Phoenix area. One in Gilbert, one in Glendale, which are like suburbs. Uh, the comedy clubs were the hardest to sell out, by the way, for what it's worth. We broke even on both of those shows, I think.
1: What do you think's happening there? You think they're just... Bigger names are coming through and that's what people have their eyes on.
0: I mean, one was this place called JP's Comedy Club. It was a great audience, but they they're like a new club and they're not getting like headline, headline caliber people. Where are they? Uh JP's is in Gilbert, Arizona, which is like uh southeast Phoenix.
1: Yeah. And um, you said you did hit Phoenix?
0: Gilbert and Glendale were the two suburbs. So, so everything is suburb. And then we did um we also did Goodyear. Which is like west of Phoenix, so the Phoenix area, but not like necessarily Phoenix proper, proper, like not central Phoenix.
1: There's think... a tempeh Improv that I've heard good things about. Sure, in Phoenix,
0: never. Well, it's in Tempe.
1: Yeah, Tempe. It's pronounced Tempe. I don't know. All right.
0: I think you're thinking of the fermented tofu tempe.
1: Tempe. It's not a fermented tofu. It's not. All right. Anyway, okay.
0: Life. It's a soybean extract thing.
1: Tempa? I don't even think. Let me look this up. Okay, you, you got to you know. Look it up, you got to know talking. your fake processed bullshit meats for, for when you do a show in Austin and, <laughs> in rooms that are not good.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know what it, it was with the comedy club. I think one of the comedy clubs we did on like a Monday night, so that's like just kind of a hard sell already. And then yeah, one of them we did in a did,
1: non-comedy city for sure.
0: I want to say it was like one Sunday and one Monday night, and both of them were just like this is just okay.
1: Oh fuck, it's fermented soybeans. Boom. Shit, it's tofu like. I'm the vegetarian.
0: You fool. Um, yeah, it's over for me. <laughs> you got to eat meat now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, let's go get a Whataburger. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hell yeah. I love Whataburger. So comedy clubs were the hardest to sell out, and also comedy clubs were the most expensive to book. Like. One club was four hundred dollars to reserve, and one club was two hundred dollars to reserve.
1: Two hundred is
0: two hundred is right on the theoretically manageable. Four hundred is like you sell tickets for twenty dollars, you still have to get twenty people in there to break even, right? You could do math. We ended up having 40 people at one of them, and that was like us like barking and stuff like the day of, like handing out flyers and stuff. It was brutal.
1: Well, we just took a pretty long and formidable break where we (laughs) talked a bunch of shit that probably would have been better for the show. Austin informed me that he has a, well, you know what? You tell me what this is, Austin.
0: Uh, it's a list of people that have quit comedy since I've been doing comedy.
1: Is it just a list of people who have quit comedy?
0: It's a list of people who have quit comedy.
1: I would say it's part list, part joke, scrapbook, part diary personal diary yeah
0: yeah okay yeah it's it's those things
1: right because you know i'm just gonna read some descriptions of these people here and this list by the way is i don't even know how long it is because your phone doesn't have one of those scrolling uh bars that shows how far along you are or um it's probably it like
0: 160 oh
1: my god
0: yeah <laughs> and and also, like I do want to say that as it gets further down the list, I write kind of less and less details about the people, not because I got sick of it, but like just because, yeah, maybe I got sick of it a little bit. But it, I will keep updating the list.
1: You know, I love it. It's like, you know what it's like if if we didn't have iPhones, and this was on a clay tablet. This was Mesopotamia, and we were Mesopotamian uh-huh. comedians. And this was on a clay tablet. People would find it and they'd be like, what is this? Is this a grocery list? Is this, but then they'd eventually someone would decipher it and be like, oh no, this is a spiteful comedian's recollection of all the peers he's ever known.
0: It's uh, yeah. I mean, so so I, I think that, that part of it is spite and part of it is like, like I told you at the break, that part of it is like, don't forget Austin, how far the you've come. How many people gave it up? How many people aren't doing it anymore? And you're still hanging in there and doing it. That part, it does mean a lot to me. We've known so many people. There have been so many people that like cross our path. You know, every single person that's on that list made at least a small impression on me.
1: I mean, did you ever think that we would be sitting here doing this? No, because you were on the list. Yeah, I am on the list. That is an important fact to note about this list. Austin told me that I am on the list because I quit comedy. Yeah. But you will uh, now be
0: taken off the list.
1: Something like six years ago, I really hard quit comedy six or seven years ago. And he says that I can be taken off the list and I'm telling him the jury's still out. I can fucking quit tomorrow, bitch. I might. Well, I'll put you back, <laughs> be back on. be gone. I just want to go back to it because you know you yeah you did say it was a spite list. I wanted to get you to talk about it because you did say it was a spite list, but you also did say that the second thing you said, you know, it's also a way of encouraging yourself to keep going. And I need that as well. I find that in ways the the thing about this when you first described this to me, I I didn't think that it was a um I don't know, like an ode to um comedic failure. A- and persistence yeah. and comedy in and of itself value the value read- of people's jokes that we people will never remember these yes. jokes but some of them some of them are great are they're so
0: good like oh, yeah. i wish that i could steal these jokes and use them because some of them are so good cat combs do you remember her
1: i remember cat combs
0: she has she had a fantastic joke can i tell you the joke
1: tell me the joke i remember
0: i don't even have to look at the list mike's holding my phone right now
1: yeah, I'm looking through the list. Okay, this it's is un, it is this thing is staggering.
0: This is the often. joke. Are you guys ready? We're going to do it. The joke is that there's a uh, a condition and she said what the name of the condition, but it's a a sexual attraction to balloons. And she's like, "Can you imagine the first guy who that happened to? Like he's at probably like a kid's birthday party and there's like kids running around and like balloons and stuff and the guy's like, "Uh-oh." this could be bad or this could be really bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That's it's fantastic. Really yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, man. And
0: she's not, you know, she's not doing it anymore.
1: I'm looking for, that's funny. You know, what's funny about that? I mean, you know how hard it is to write a good pedophilia joke. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, I don't even touch that stuff. Zing. Yeah.
0: I, I have a Jack in the box joke that people don't like that's mentioned it.
1: Yeah. No, it's just that, you know, everyone knows after a point that the, the areas that are just like extremely offensive to most people. Yes. But the, the areas that are offensive to most sensibilities, those are the areas that like you go for when you're like a new comic. Yes. I know I did. Yes. Hard, Uh, you know, race, uh, homosexuality, sex, uh, shit, uh, all of that. Pedophilia.
0: I think that the the issue. You're a new comic, and you see people doing it well, like Doug Stanhope, for example. I think is a good example. That's
1: exactly. I watched. That's it's what I loved. You and
0: know? and you're like, well, I can do it too. And it's like you you discount the fact that they've been doing comedy for literally 25 years, and they know how to approach it in a way. And at the end of the at the end of the day, it has to be funny. Like that's that's all there is to it. And people can forgive so much if it's funny. And also, don't forget that Doug Stanhope, once again, perfect example, he has gotten his audience together. He cultivated them. And they went to go see Doug Stanhope. They're expecting that kind of stuff. You can't just do it cold in front of an audience. People didn't expect that. They don't think you're going to say that stuff. And they get upset. And that's, that's everybody. And you're not doing it well, too, as a rookie.
1: Yeah, having an audience is totally different from doing a show or an open mic. Yeah. It is completely different, and it is the prize. You want the audience. You don't want the good show. What's a good show? There are so many people on this list probably who have had good shows. Nothing about it sustains the ability to continue doing this. But yeah, that cat combs, because like at the end of the day, you can write a good joke about anything. It's just good <laughs> jokes are hard to come by by their nature. So this list is extensive. And I just found myself.:
0: Did I say the the World Trade Center joke?:
1: No, you said one word.: Did I?: Yeah, all of these descriptions have multiple <laughs> words. Women and jobs will make you quit almost anything. Uh, that's one of them uh, for another comic. Acted like he wanted to get back in, but who are we kidding? <laughs> that's another comic. Half black, white, passing, comma, quit. <laughs> that's a third. Oh, uh,
0: oh yeah. yeah. Dang, I forgot his name.
1: Yeah, and he was funny, actually. He a was actual funny, guy, yeah. Adam Shumate. It, mine is one of the only ones that, I had one word, and the word is Jew? depression.
0: Oh, depression! Yes, okay.
1: What happened there? What made you write that?
0: I heard you were depressed.
1: See, I told you that sad character that I was working on.
0: You didn't. You weren't depressed. Not on purpose. Oh, okay.
1: Well, I was. Yeah, no, I was. I mean, I was miserable here. Oh, okay. I was there you go. so miserable here the last time I lived here. Uh, but you know. That's just like mid-20s stuff, right? That's what it, it felt. When it ended, it felt like uh, very natural.
0: Well, I'm sorry that uh, I didn't put more on it. But honestly, I do tell people, I've told probably five people your World Trade Center joke.
1: Oh, thanks, man.
0: Yeah, I really like that joke. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, Austin remembers this joke I used to do about the World Trade Center. That's the Twin Towers the joke was that it's crazy that the Twin Towers happens with 9-11 and that that's also the place where a guy climbed across the two buildings on a high wire as depicted in the movie Man on Wire. Like it was one of one of, if not still the highest high wire crossing in history was across these two buildings that also happened to be the site of the most memorable event in American history, probably. And the only thing that would have made that crazier was if they had happened on the same day. Like, if the guy decided (laughs) to do this act on the same day and the punchline was, you know, it had an act out where I was, like, on the wire and I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Okay, I just got to stay calm Remember my training. Stay relaxed. And all I have to do is get across to the other side. Thank God the plane only hit the building behind me. (laughs) It's great. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Who knows if it's, uh, if it's, if it's. Logically accurate did he cross from that would be crazy if the building he started from was the first building that got hit because then my joke actually works if time didn't exist, sure, yeah, it just works logically, which is people's favorite way to think about jokes. I think you
0: should bring that back,
1: maybe you know I, there are so many jokes that I have that i've that I've given up on and and abandoned because of some idea I've convinced myself of where. My identity isn't tied into them anymore. There's so much to talk about and I don't like how jokes are. They, they just make you seem like one flat version of a person. Everyone has their 15 and it makes them seem just flat because not, not maybe to the audience, but it feels, I, I like connecting, you know, and if I don't feel connected to the joker bit anymore, I don't want to do it. That's well, not fun for me. Okay,
0: so you've made the case for recording albums often. That's what um
1: or just clips, a lot of reels you now. Sure,
0: reels, whatever. I mean, yeah. Alex Hooper is a um he's an LA comic. He was on America's Got Talent twice doing like roast battle stuff because he's like a he sort of ran roast battle and he was in and out from that. Very funny, super funny. Look him up, Alex Hooper. He recorded maybe his second or third album. And I was talking to him about it. I'm like, oh, that, that's awesome, man. And he's like, yeah. I mean, you got to get it out because it's like, it's a watermark for where you're at. Like career wise and as a comic. Like, so I I like to record them. I, I like to keep going with them because that's, like I said, it's a, it's a place where you're at. And I think that that's interesting. I mean, I also have a bunch of jokes that I've gotten rid of or felt like I didn't connect to it. And I'd, I'd much rather have them like on a CD somewhere in, in a, in a work, you know, of 45 minutes or whatever, like where they all fit. And even if I'm not that, I'm not that person anymore. I was once, you know,
1: I can't argue with that. That's a body great. Of work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, Beethoven, who we are both exactly like had a early, repertoire of work that sounded like Mozart. Early Beethoven sounds like Mozart because Mozart was a dominating um, musical presence that was impossible not to replicate uh if you were a composer. And so he was doing that, and then he became himself later. He also had to go deaf to uh become what he became. But he, you know, became a completely different and thundering and huge, tremendously impactful artist after sounding like a really good Mozart for a long time, like that early music. um, I know there that most of the listeners to this comedy podcast are huge into classical. They all are all just classical heads, but that early Beethoven stuff is um, it's great. It's like, it's stay. If you heard it on a radio, you'd be, like, let me move to the next channel, but I know that's a classical station. It ties into what we were talking about with building the career. Because yes. if I don't have shit to my name, right. meaning content, yes. it's nothing. Uh, there's no, nothing to, uh, first of all, reflect back on and say, see, look, I did that, right? Because before that first Kill Tony, I'd been doing comedy for Three years and then two years, I guess. I don't know, three. And I, I didn't have any presence yeah. whatsoever on any social media or anything. I didn't have any career whatsoever. And I think those th- two things are related because I know I had jokes, and you want to be able to look back and see that's say, see, that's what I did. Yeah, like I remember that joke. But there are a lot of jokes that I don't remember simply yes. because I abandoned them. And right. I know that they weren't valueless. I would write them differently today. But I know that they all had value. I'm going to work on that not wanting to go back thing. And you're, I think you're right about putting something out. I will say I'm really glad that it turned out the way it did with me thus far, that I didn't have anything major out in any way. And then that Kill Tony said is the first thing out. It's a huge um, standard now to have to now meet and then exceed. But it's also the first thing that anyone ever saw of me. And that's because I didn't put up 10 minute sets and five minute sets and that FPIA set that I advanced to the semifinals in, which was pretty darn good, man, for the time. Um, it was a good set. You know, I had a good set in that huge room. But even then, I was like, I'm still building. So there's there's two types of building. There is, you know, content and and booking tours and booking shows and producing and all that. But then there is also quiet building. Yes, there is like, you know, you want to be able to show up and do a ten where people haven't seen you in three years and thought you quit, and they're like, oh fuck, he didn't quit. He Skyrocketed to another planet quietly, right? You know, there is value. There's value in not putting it all out. You have to be a little discerning. Yeah,
0: I mean, I know a bunch of people who won't put material out. They'll only do crowd work, and that has merit for sure. But also, it's like you're going to be the crowd work comedian. Like, what? I don't know. That that's a thing that I can't answer. I think that you need to do a little bit of both. I think that. You know, people get pressures with their jokes and like, oh, I don't want to burn my material on the Internet. It's like, yeah, maybe ah,
1: but, fuck your material.
0: I mean, it's not even about it's like how many realistically how many people are going to see your mat- a billion, six billion people are going to be like, oh, I've heard that one already. <laughs> yeah. Or are you just going to get 1000 views and that'll be the end of it?
1: Yeah. And also, like, that's another reason that I like to move on, because the next thing I write is always the best thing that I'm writing. Right. I I really feel that way. I mean, all my jokes have a certain kind of way of working. Okay. You know, you go through periods where they they all operate in a certain way, and then you master that, whatever that particular way of telling your jokes is. Uh And then for a while you plateau, and then you break through to another place. You're like, oh, I found another angle to explore, another way to use my voice, whatever. So I'm not scared of burning a joke. That is not the problem. I just don't want to give people content that I think is better than it is. And it turns out that it's not because, you know, I know what Instagram looks like to me.
0: (laughs) How many Instagram followers do you have?
1: Just over a thousand. How
0: many did you get from Kill Tony?
1: The first one, like 200. That's a lot. But then the William Montgomery show took it from like 300 to a thousand it was actually you know the william montgomery show that got me way more wow that's crazy and a thousand followers is nothing to a lot of people oh yeah it's i mean i'm not at a thousand each and every one don't be (laughs)
0: like that
1: what don't be like
0: that yeah i've never had a thing that i got more than like four or five followers out of
1: i'm not I, it's just that you know follower count and and all these things. I don't want to act like a person that puts too much stock in that. Am I count paying attention to it? You bet your ass. Oh, but okay. Like,
0: you it, know it's very easy to be cynical about it, and it's not important as an artist. Yeah, but it is important as a career.
1: I just want anyone who you know is listening to me to know, like. Yeah, you bet your ass I want these followers, you yeah. know. I want, you know, 100,000 followers. I want a million followers. You
0: do, cuz that's how you get booked more.
1: Yeah, right. But I'm not. I didn't do any of this for the followers. I would have I would have never I mean, I we both know I quit. But I would have never uh, you know, continued to return to it and all that shit. Either you would have seen way more of me by now. You know, because I would have been trying to get these followers, but I've I ha what I've been trying to do is uh, get really good at fucking comedy, dude. Which you know, there are so many comics out here, and you know, some of it's good, but like really, really good, great, supernatural, uh, transcendent. You don't see that. Sure. That that's that's always like three to five percent anywhere. You really got to follow your own path in this because. Nothing that anyone's doing is going to quite fit for you. And most of these people who are even doing like pretty good by, you know, my standards right now, like there are people right now that, you know, probably have five, five, ten 10 times the amount of followers that I do, that I'm, that I talk to, you know, I see out and about and I talk to, um, but they're only going to hit a certain level because they're simply not, they're, they're, they're not in that three to 5%. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if you can choose to be a part of it, but it is the aim for me.
0: No, you can't choose to be a part of it. There's going to be a, there's going to be a top for everybody.
1: So you think that the top is like predetermined, like you're born with everything that is going to make you the comedian that gets to the level that you will get to. I don't think
0: you can learn how to be funny. I'll just put it that
1: way. Oh, I don't think you can learn to be funny. I think you can learn to tell jokes. I do think you can learn
0: how to tell jokes and I think you can learn how to tell better jokes, but you can't learn how to be funny.
1: Yeah, I like that I'm funny because I like scaring people who can tell good jokes, you know. Mm. I like scaring and bewildering people who practice their jokes and go up every day having honed tight, tight material that is good and works. And then I like going up and doing whatever I want and killing and bewildering them. Mm. It's good shit. On that subject, <laughs> how is the material? How are you feeling about the material? It's been years since I've seen any joke from you. I told you the last joke that I saw from you. It was about the Granny Smith apples, which I liked. Yeah, I don't
0: know. It, I write slower than than I want to, but it's it's coming along a little bit. I probably got, realistically, I probably got like an hour 20. So I want to put 45 out. I would love to do like a 45-minute special and I want to do it soon because like, and this is embarrassing to admit, but I will. My, uh, my closer is nine years old.
1: I don't know that that's embarrassing, man.
0: It's embar- It's like, like my merch is based on an eight and a half year old. It's eight and a half.
1: You have merch. Is it a good closer?
0: It's a, it's a good closer. It is. And, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay. And that's the other case for recording an album you got to fucking move on, dude. Like if you're not holding yourself accountable to create more stuff, Mm -hmm. then you won't. Yeah. And I think that's another good case for recording an album or special. And also like special, like a YouTube special, not like comedy dynamics is not on the phone with me. Like Austin, you got to fucking, I'm, I'm really,
1: they are on YouTube though.
0: Yeah, I know. But, but like, I have stuff, I have stuff like I, I have a joke about, playing a dad in a commercial and how that's crazy i'm 40 i dad wrote is. that joke when i was 30 like even 30 people are fucking fathers but like 40 is like can you believe i played a dad in a commercial yes everybody can
1: oh my god austin you're the most arc archetypal dad thank you yeah I'm i get sure. that do you have kids in the car right now
0: i do they're yeah but don't worry the air conditioner's on i think do they have ipads no
1: no terrible father
0: they're just buckled in real tight that's a chris tellis joke
1: the air conditioning's on
0: all right let's get this done my kids in the car
1: yeah i remember that (laughs) chris Tellas is killing it dude
0: i mean he's great Yep. but so like you know the i you know in that 45 minutes are jokes that like we talked about i think like i'm not connecting with right now and it's like all right so what do i do do i ditch it or do i just do a special real quick and like hope that, and also please like I keep saying the word special. It's because I want specifically I want to film it and I want to be able to clip it up and put it on.
1: You mean an hour of content? Yeah, 30, I mean yeah, thirty minutes, an hour of content yeah. that has a narrative structure of some kind that it can be said to yes. be a comedy performance. Yes, I say I say special you know.
0: because it's on video as opposed right. to uh, album.
1: I totally get that. I, this is really interesting. I have no problem moving forward. That is your problem. I have a problem going back and well, you know what my problem,
0: I, I think also I'll say this. There's jokes that I came up with that I didn't know how to work, how to deliver until three or four years later.
1: Oh dude, forget it. I'm sure. I'm sure I have tons of that.
0: So there's there is value in like going back and looking at that material again. I mean, like you know what? I think I could, I could pull this off. I still feel a little bit the same way. I still have those thoughts. I think that I could pull it off now in a way that I couldn't before.
1: Totally makes sense. So, but you were saying so you're saying your closers nine years old, mm-hmm. and you are feeling, you know, pretty good about the material.
0: I feel good about it, but it's also like I need to. I need to put it to bed. I need to work on the next thing.
1: Yeah, of course. It's the best feeling in the world. And horrifying and terrible.
0: Oh, I mean, it's... You're a new
1: comic. You give up your old material. That's what I'm kind of addicted to. I'm addicted to the first moment that something works. Oh, yeah. And I There's quickly, nothing like it. Yeah, I quickly lose interest. But that's such a flawed point of view. Or not flawed point of view, but such a limited way of approaching uh, jokes and comedy because, you know... I mean, you can always, always crack more open on something. Shane Mm -hmm. Gillis's Trump bit that was in the Creek special... Yes. ...was already so good and on his Twitter, like pinned to his Twitter, like at least six months or a year before he ever released that special. And when I watched the special, he had just added a whole... It was a whole new bit. It was yeah. already hilarious the first time I saw it. But he had brought it to an entirely new conceptual level. I don't even remember what he added and what was originally there anymore. Because the final version of it is what I'm always going to remember now. Sure, of but course. But you can just always keep working on a joke. You just let it go because you let it go. That's all. Right.
0: I mean, you know, the that closer, like I figured out another way to deliver it literally last month. It's yeah. like, Yeah. I've been saying the same year, the the same for forever. And then I was like, hey, wait a minute. And it works better now. It's like, oh my god. But also, like, time to go.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, you know, like, you could find a new way to um, have sex with your girlfriend mm-hmm. ten years after you got together. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that y'all should keep going if everything else is boring, flat, lifeless, miserable.
0: Are you making fun of my girlfriend or my act?
1: (laughs) Your sex life, your girlfriend, your act, I think myself. (laughs) I don't think, I legitimately, I'm increasingly convinced that I'm never talking about anyone else but myself. That's fair. Even when I'm talking about other people. It's very uh, young, it sounds narcissistic, but it's just young Ian. Every every time you hate something in someone else, you're just hating some part of yourself. I understand that I've been there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's just so true. It's absolutely true. And every time you uh see another person, you're just seeing them through the filter of who you are at the time.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: But I got to say, I guess my filter either my filter hasn't changed as much as I might have thought it has, my personality or you haven't changed that much or something, but you it, things feel pretty similar. I get a sense of the same kind of individual that I knew when we were doing comedy together in 2013 to 16
0: I feel like I feel the same I think I'm I'm probably more motivated and have like a clearer direction but other than that I feel like the same person
1: I would say that is definitely true I mean and that must have come by necessity seeing the vortex of time headed towards you the end the bolder of your life rolling down a hill with no foreseeable positive conclusion except maybe an enormous wall.
0: It started when I moved to Atlanta because I had been doing it for six years before I moved and I just started to make progress and I left. All of a sudden you're starting over. And it was like, I just wasn't, I was more confident, but I wasn't good enough to just like go in and take over a scene. And, um, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm not getting booked anymore. I'm at the back of the open mics again. Like it used to be like, like people knew me enough that I could get like seven through 10 or whatever on whatever open mic I wanted. I mm-hmm. could call them. I didn't have to stand online line or, you know, not call them, but like Facebook message them or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and then that all of a sudden like i'm in,
1: moving comedy momentum yeah and
0: then i'm in atlanta and everybody's like who the fuck is this guy and like i'm doing okay but not. But that's great.
1: so useful being nobody again
0: well it turned out it was because then all of a sudden i'm like i should freaking i should try to tour i should be out i should try to self-produce shows and like that got me you're uncomfortable and then it's like all right well let's let's go out and try and do this and then all of a sudden you're doing like you know you're doing thirties or whatever, and you're like, oh wow, I I have thirty, I have forty, and you're getting the you're getting the reps. Like it doesn't matter how good you are, you're not going to get all the time you want in the town that you're in. You you can't, it's impossible. Dave Chappelle, maybe Dave Chappelle is the only example, but like you can't, they can't book Dave Chappelle every week at the comedy club. They can't because they need to cycle in new acts.
1: They're booking Joe Rogan. Every week at Creek and at Vulcan. All right. An hour. <laughs> I mean, Fine. but he's he is Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle is Dave Chappelle, and you know both of us are definitely not those guys. So, as far as I can tell, yeah,
0: I'm a little bit taller.
1: They make good masks now. Crazy things on Instagram where you can—it's just like a whole other person's head on your head. You could be—you could Maybe. be anyone. Okay. Like um, making a bit about it, where there's like you can't prove that I'm not an old Japanese lady, but I don't think it's. I think that's too weird.
0: It's a little weird. Too weird. I don't know. I'd have to get the finished.
1: You'd have to what?
0: I'd have to hear the finished product.
1: Oh, I thought you were saying something like I'd have to. <laughs> I couldn't like I couldn't tell if you were an old Japanese lady. I'd but
0: to, so um, yeah, yeah. You got a tour. You got a tour, and also if, if nothing else to see if your material travels like. I, I feel like mostly my material travels, but like you definitely get into a point. Like I had a joke about coffee shops. And you know what? It doesn't work anywhere besides Austin. It doesn't work in LA. I'm
1: telling you, man, so many of these comics back in the when they when we were here last, yeah. they had no idea, but I could see it. They didn't have cultural universality. They couldn't expand yes. beyond Austin.
0: No, it's it's difficult. And it, it
1: was such a fenced-in little comedy scene. At the I
0: top. mean, I feel the same way about L.A. I, I think that if uh, you see some people in L.A. and they're doing, like, L.A. jokes and you're like, at some point you're going to be in another city and you can't just talk about how Hollywood Boulevard is filled with tourists. Like,
1: yeah. they don't And know. it's a cop-out and it's cheap, man. It, it's fine, you know, anytime you go to a city as a comic, a lot of comics, think go up they go oh i was downtown i saw the clock yeah. that you guys have or whatever yeah i get that stuff and yeah if you're in a place you talk about it if you're in new york you talk about how everything smells like piss and all the, you know in austin you talk about the homeless that's like a big we all yeah. do that but um you know the, at at the end of the day uh you got to have something a little deeper at least that's the way i approach it a little no, more you're universal re- you're correct You know, and and that's another thing that pisses me off that I've talked about with people a lot is when people go super referential, um, you know, some Rick and Morty bullshit or something that they just assume that everyone watches. Yeah. It's like, it's, it is like, look, I know that Rick and Morty is popular or whatever, but it is insane to assume in the age of information with the amount of shit that's out there to watch that people are watching your shit. Yeah. the, The shit that you're watching. So I just stay away from, you know, even like Simpsons references. And that's going to hit everyone who's over like 35.
0: Yeah, you got to be careful. I mean, it's like, it's your job to explain what's going on. And if you're just like using a reference that everybody knows what's going on, then you're cheating, first of all. And secondly, people might not have seen that specific Simpsons episode or whatever. Mm hmm. The worst example of a joke is like, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 36 and I just got three packages of beef ramen to let you know where my life is at. And it's like, you want to fucking explain to us where your life is at instead of just like saying an incident that's like vaguely like you're making the audience do the homework. Why don't you talk about how you feel when you're buying this ramen or anything like that? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. I was changing the tire on my life is at. yeah, it's just such a man. It's not real. What's said more? It's good to be here or that's where my life is at. And I'd choose. It's good to be here every time I say it's good to be here. That is more relevant than to say that's where my life is at. It's such a self-deprecating, like, like a shallow self-deprecation. And you didn't you, know?
0: you didn't say anything unique at all. I just uh paid for my whatever and changed. So that's my yeah. All right, okay, you know, uh, whatever, man. It's
1: Yeah. You're making it's people fill in the blank
0: when you should be doing it.
1: Besides that, kind of implicitly in what in whatever you said that is, is where your life the is. The fact at. that that is where your life is at. You don't yeah. need to tell. We know. And by the way, we see. Everyone sees and so you should start to show because we can see you know there's a lot of hiding a lot of hiding in plain sight among stand up comedians like you would think it's like the bravest thing in the world to do is to go up there or whatever like people talk like that no come on you, you haven't you haven't had that conversation with people with, i could never do that
0: oh yeah no yeah. i do i'm like yeah well i i could never um be as boring as you are but here we are <laughs> yeah. no i don't you know i i just i'm like yeah well you know this is what i'm wired for this is what i like i could never be a firefighter so we're even
1: i feel like i bore people but i don't feel boring okay so that's you know i don't think comedy makes people interesting i can in fact verify that it doesn't i've met plenty of boring people who are comedians i have i've met plenty of fascinating people who have never touched comedy yeah For a lot of people, it represents some kind of magical, huge thing.
0: Well, I mean. some
1: people, sorry.
0: It's an indication that you did well that night. If you went up and bombed, no one would say, I could never do that. If you went up and bombed, they were like, that takes balls. That's what they say.
1: Well, but people haven't even always seen me. They've just met me and they go, oh, are you a comic? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that's you know
0: okay. incredible. so either they saw you do well or they never saw you those they, are the two yeah when right they say, I yeah can no sometimes
1: it's because they saw me do well and okay great, when
0: you know. bomb they say it takes balls
1: yeah specifically <laughs> it
0: takes such nerve to do what you did yeah, yeah. miss all your jokes and and not run off crying
1: that's why one i'm pretty grateful that when i bomb it's you don't want to talk to me that's how bad it is because i don't want to hear you tell me that i'm brave it's going to make me want to stop you know, I, I need to feel like I, uh, bombed and I don't have your sympathy for it. Yeah. You know, I want. Well, the, I thought uh, you were funny. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Stay away from me with your sympathy. You know, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I know exactly what you mean.
1: But, uh, it like that hurts more than if someone threw some shit at me or something or yelled out, you suck. Or
0: don't you think though? Told me I sucked or you. Like, Pretty much nobody can upset me anymore. That's good. That's what I like. Call me. Man, it doesn't matter. Honestly, the worst thing you could say is you're not funny. Like everything else is just like.
1: Dude. Do you mean in life? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I think that's a characteristic of being 40. I look forward to it. No,
0: no, no. It was a, like as soon as you whatever, like two or three years in, I've bombed enough that like you can't insult me anymore.
1: Like yeah. everybody so already did that in comedy.
0: Yeah. In comedy.
1: But in life, can people hurt your feelings? No, oh. because of comedy. Oh, interesting. Well, I just feel like I still have to live the fake non-comedy slave life. Mm-hmm. That is my job. Right? Sure. So because I have to do that, it feels like I still I'm affected by things cause I'm pretending it feels like an act Th- that my life as a working person uh-huh. feels more like an act than comedy.
0: Okay. That's fair.
1: And because of that, I find the character that I'm playing is very sensitive cause he's a character because I, I think it's anytime you create a persona, it's fragile you know when you're pretending to be someone you're not which is kind of a little bit what you have to do when you are at a cash register for sure. example yeah yeah I find myself fragile in ways that i can't even explain to you as logical or or um anything
0: i understand what you mean
1: yeah whereas comedy you know oh, I can take some fucking hits. Yeah. I really can, you know?
0: Well, because you have, like, all the time.
1: Man. I mean, I've performed comedy in front of one person. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that scares people, but I don't know. There's all kinds of different pressure. There's the pressure of six comics in a room. There's the pressure of 200 people in a packed hot show. And it's different kinds of pressure. But one thing's for damn sure, I can withstand any uh, injury, any comedic injury for sure. Yeah. 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 So that's nice. Bulletproof. Yeah. What the fuck's going to happen? I mean, I was telling a friend of mine who actually listens to this, who's just kind of uh, really just starting open mics. Mm -hmm. You know, he's 50.
0: Mm. Can't wait to add him to the list.
1: And I was like... (laughs) You're going on his list, Jeff. I was, like, telling him, like, dude, you're going to be performing in front of 20-somethings at open mics. Like, what the fuck do you care how they receive your shit? You are 50 years old. Yeah. You've lived twice their lives. They don't know shit about anything. Yeah. And as long as you're coming up with an authentic version of yourself and trying to find the good jokes... Little else matters. I mean, you can eat some bombs, but it doesn't, it really doesn't reflect much on your character at all. I wouldn't say. For sure. Yeah. So the material's good. You're working full-time in comedy. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. You are where I want to be right
0: now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's an asterisk. I've been working full-time in comedy since November. And right now it is the end of February. So I'm not going to claim to be a professional comp, but you know, I'm trying like, Hey, fake it till you make it. I'm telling everybody that I only do comedy and that is true. And um, I also need to remind myself that I only do comedy and that I need to be working on everything about it. Contacting people, booking my own tours, trying to get in rooms, like all that stuff, like, it's it's a full-time job now and and that's that's the thing that i need to focus on forever instead of like yeah i don't have to go to work anymore i'm going to freaking sleep for 2 hours more or whatever
1: see that's that's the value of becoming no one again so like you know it's really cool when yeah. you start doing well somewhere austin for you yeah austin for me yeah. back 2013 to 2016 motherfuckers don't even know <laughs> I was booked on all kinds of shit here. And it's cool to, you know, after going through a slog. Yeah. Get some shit, right? Yeah. But I knew that I, like, my plan to move to Chicago and then eventually New York. Uh Uh-huh. I knew that when I moved to Chicago, I wasn't going to do that shit that comics do where they get in touch with people that know people And set themselves up to start doing shows. I was like, I'm going to be no one again in an entirely new place.
0: disagree with that. And
1: I'm going to do mics until they have to admit that I'm funny. And I did. And I quit. But not before killing at open mics. All right. And, And, you know, if I wanted shows that was coming i know from austin it was the same exact um experience but in a different place sure. you know no one wants to look at you right. you're bombing like i mean you're bombing yeah. you know when you're new in a place yeah, yeah. no one knows you and who they think this guy? You, i had yeah. conversations with people who were a year in giving me advice yeah. and i let them do it cuz i was like i want you to think i'm new so when I started to do well, it proved to me something, which is I can be funny anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think what it did for you when you went out and left and had to become nobody again is it proved to you, oh, I can do this in a professional capacity. And yeah. I actually, I don't need anyone to create, to, for, for sure, no one's coming with a career for you. No, nobody's coming. A- and, you know... I actually need to do it myself and I'm capable of it. And I think I look forward to learning that lesson. I mean, I think that's even more valuable than knowing you're funny.
0: I mean, yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's exactly like, no one's going to do it for you. So you better, you better start now because, and especially me, like who feels older than a lot of the people in the scene. It's like, well, when is it going to happen? And if it's not going to happen, how do I make it happen? And you know, I think I left, uh, like I got past some clubs in Atlanta too, and um maybe I left Atlanta early, also you know also the pandemic happened, so that was like super weird and threw everything off. but it definitely got the pioneering spirit, and also it's like you know, like I said, doing it on the road you get you get so much more stage time if you if you produce your own shows, you can give yourself as much stage time as you want, which is fan- and that makes you like way better too
1: that's invaluable I mean. I mean, I'm a mic fiend. Yeah. You know, I've done so many open mics. Yeah. And that's three to four minutes. Part of the reason for that is because I used to see people getting booked on shows, less so now because the standard is higher here mm-hmm. now. But I used to see people booking shows, getting booked on shows, starting to avoid the open mics. And it just felt like an insular, inside baseball, supportive, false laughs, false killing, false everything kind of thing. To where I was like, I got to learn to do comedy in spaces where comedy shouldn't even exist, you know? And then I'll be able and then I can get booked on these shows and know that I'm that when I'm killing I'm killing because, you know, if you just got like a really I mean Austin, I don't now it's different, but back in the day it used to have some soft-ass supportive vanilla audiences, you know, who would give you a lot uh a lot more than you deserved. Sometimes. Did
0: you ever do institution theater?
1: No. It's like that, right? That yeah. was pfft. I mean, well, Austin used to have way more improv theaters. Yeah. And improv is more generous. Yes. At, but there was stand up at the improv theaters, yes. right? So it was it was just like that, you know? Yeah,
0: they taught they taught classes and like the a lot of times the people who took the classes would just stay doing it at specifically at the institution. Like and they had showcases every once in a while and the comics would only do those and all their friends came each time. Yeah. And they they were murdering murdering <laughs> right. and it's Naturally. like you're not uh, you, you're not that good and a lot of people quit after a while because it's like you can't couldn't get up anywhere else
1: are they on the list?
0: there's a couple of people on the list
1: thank goodness someone's got to keep an account Someone, you're like an yeah. accountant for meaningless art
0: it was I don't know
1: you're an archivist a record keeper
0: just it's like I said it's a it's a personal project
1: listen It's deeper than I thought it was when I was reading it. I told you when you told me the first time I laughed and I said that I basically said I would never do that. Yeah. When I looked over it, what did I say off the, off this, off the air? I said, this is like a diary. Yeah. I mean, it's deeper. I'm making fun of you for it still because yeah, you're welcome, but it's, I'm making fun of you for it because the idea of keeping a list of comics that have quit is fucking hilarious and it's spiteful comedian shit, but it is not just a spiteful fuck you, I won list. That's not all it is. There's some great
0: people on here that don't do it anymore.
1: It's a Mesopotamian record.
0: And there's also some bad people on here that don't do it anymore.
1: Oh, there are people who should have never done it on that list. Mm. There are people who should have never done it on that list list
0: (laughs) number 80 uh, no i don't know (laughs) 80 okay i'm at 168 right now
1: yeah what else did i want to well you were saying you know yeah about the institution theater i used to live right by that literally walking distance yeah five five, ten minutes Uh. um i'm not even against that shit but that's not stand-up like we're doing it. Like that is having friends and having a little community of people that you make stuff with. And that's great. You know? Yeah. Um, It's just not being murderously funny. No, that's what it's not. I was trying to do these open mics like that and now I'm doing them and I know how to do open mics now, but I need to book some, you know, some sevens, some tens, some twelves because, and I know it's not even all going to be good. You know, it's, it's, it's a different allotment of time, but I do need it. So I'm getting really pissy at my peers for not booking me. Cause I know they've all seen me be funny. Have you asked? Not enough. Dude, come not on. Not enough for my, all for this... my for, I remember for, for what I'm for how I'm acting about it.
0: I remember starting out and people were like, I will never ask anyone. And I was like
1: No, that's retarded.
0: Yeah. My first three or four years, half the shows I got on are because I asked.
1: Dude, that's exactly how I got booked in Austin last time, and then eventually they're just rolling. People just ask you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I asked until I didn't have to ask.
0: And I don't care. I'm on the show the same way as you, like who got asked, and I we're we're the same. Like oh, so, there's no difference. So what you know? Oh, it's a point of pride, dude. I'd rather work than be proud. No,
1: you know what did it for me? You know what made me get over that and start asking the last time I lived here, dude, seeing some of the names on that lineup. And I was like, there is no fucking way that they reached out to that person. So I was like, Oh fuck. If I sit here waiting to get a spot, they are going to book it with a guy who asks who sucks. Yeah, That's what happens. You're not going to, no one's, no one's coming. No one's coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a
0: lesson of this whole thing.
1: Yeah, this podcast or this lifetime or This comedy. episode. Yeah, no one's coming. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, man, no, I'll, I'll start asking and stuff, but what I'm really going to start doing, I'm, it's really interesting to be re, you know, reconvening with you now all these years later because the space I'm literally at is like, I don't want to fucking ask because I think I'm good enough to do it and I think the people around me know it and I think they aren't booking me and I don't think that's because of any kind of you know vengeful or whatever anything i think what it literally is is they're not thinking about me because yeah. they're busy booking their own shit that they built so my thing is i'm do i'm seeking to do exactly what you're doing you right do it. now which is building because that'll prevent me from having to ever ask again yeah yeah do it. listen is there uh anything that you wanna plug or anything we done- just
0: follow my fucking instagram i don't yeah. have anything happening austin a-u-s-t-e-n like jane austin austin.silver on instagram i got stuff i got some tours coming up but like who cares you guys aren't gonna come (laughs) no i don't know thank you guys for listening i don't have any (laughs) i don't have any shows in austin i don't have any shows in austin that you come to so just follow me on instagram and i hope that i can impress you guys enough in the future that you'll come to a show
1: Yeah, go see Austin Silver. Maybe we'll be on something together sometime. Yeah, maybe so. So that wraps it. Thanks, Austin.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank you.